Luca, who are you talking to? I asked this to my toddler who was playing Legos in the living room. He seemed to be in a pretty deep conversation with someone about how great the yellow looked. But whoever he was talking to seemed to prefer red. I found it amusing at first and thought nothing of it. Because, well, you know, children have imaginary friends. That's a fact. I was mostly curious to learn what kind of imaginary friend he had. If I remember correctly... My dad told me that my own imaginary friend was some sort of dragon. He even said that I was obsessed with them. He'd probably be laughing right now if I could tell him that my son definitely took after me when it comes to creativity. But my son's answer wasn't what I expected. He told me he was talking to Matthew. My face paled instantly, and I knelt next to my son. He looked at me with a bright, big smile. You know, the kind only a three-year-old can give you. And it did warm my heart a little, but what he said still shook me. And so I asked him where he heard that name. His head turned around and he stared at the empty spot. I can only guess was where Matthew was sitting. I felt my heart beat in my temples, but I still remained calm. No need to scare my kid over some 13-year-old story. But then he shrugged and said that he told me not to say it. I gave Luca a little pat on the back of his head, and I got up from the floor. That night, when I was lying awake, I thought about Matthew. Matthew was our first child, but we weren't ready. My wife at the time, she was only 15 and I was 17. We panicked, and we didn't know what to do. But her parents would never have let her get an abortion. We were teenagers. We were irresponsible. My wife and I swore secrecy while she was looking for solutions to terminate her pregnancy. We kept drinking and smoking and acting like nothing was wrong. Acting like she wasn't pregnant. And it worked. For a while. Until it started to show, and she couldn't hide it any longer. Her parents then kept her trapped in the house, and I wasn't allowed to visit. She never told me about what happened during those four months, but I can only imagine it involved a lot of prayers, bland food, and punishment for being a slut. I say that because every time I came to visit and tried to see my wife, her mother would scream at me that I turned her perfect daughter into a raging whore, that I was the devil and planted my seed in her before marriage, and well, you know, I don't need to go on. It was bad. My family was very supportive of me, and we were not very religious. It took a lot of legal procedures for me to be able to see her again, and by the time I could see her, She had already given birth to our son, Matthew. Now, Matthew wasn't in good health. He was born with a heart problem. He had to be kept under a respirator all the time. He also had a portion of his intestines that grew out of his body, but the doctors just weren't ready to operate yet. 
They wanted to see if he could survive the heart problems first, and if he did, they would operate in a few weeks. Matthew stayed in an incubator for the greater part of his first two weeks in this world. He was suffering, obviously. His little heartbeat sometimes went so fast we feared his heart would burst. And sometimes, well, it was so slow we thought it would just stop altogether. Things weren't looking bright for Matthew. My wife and I blamed ourselves for the drinking and smoking because, well, now that Matthew was here, we loved him and everything that we had. We loved him enough that we told the doctor to pull the plug when he lost consciousness and he had to be put into a coma. Completely destroyed my wife. Her family all but disowned her, but mine welcomed her with open arms. I married her when she turned 16, and we've been together ever since. Children have always been a sore and a very delicate subject for us, but, well, after 10 years, we thought we were ready again. And that's when Luca, our little miracle, came to be. We never talked about Matthew to Luca. At least, I know I didn't. Mel? Did you talk about Matthew to Luca? I asked my wife, who was just about ready to fall asleep. She turned toward me, and I saw the way her jaw tensed. It still wasn't easy for her to talk about Matthew. She said no and asked me why I said that, and I told her what I'd heard in the afternoon from Luca. Mel seemed pensive for a second and then said she'd never spoke about Matthew in front of him, not even as a baby. Neither did I. Maybe to lighten the atmosphere. She said that it just might be something out of our control, you know, a name that made sense to him because it once made sense to us. Or maybe he saw it on the TV. Now, I didn't necessarily believe that. But it was better thinking that than my child was told by someone about our first baby. It still got me shivering to think that he chose Matthew as a name. I wanted to praise his imagination for having an imaginary friend, but I couldn't feel happy about the name he chose for it. However, once I'd noticed him and his imaginary friends, I couldn't stop seeing it. It was in the way he played with his toys and shared with the invisible friend. It was in his way of running toward the table for dinner while telling his friend not to be late for mommy's spaghettis. It was in the way he hugged his blankets every night before sleep as if there was someone next to him. I talked to my wife about it. and She said, let it go. What? Damn. God damn, I couldn't. I couldn't let it go. So after a couple of weeks of being creeped out by my son's imaginary friend, well, I decided it was time I meet him. Hey, would you introduce me to your friend? His name is Matthew, right? I played it cool, but my son tilted his head at me and then looked at the empty space again and then back at me. His next words turned my blood to ice. 
he said you already know him. My heart clenched in my chest, and I stared at the empty spot where Matthew was supposed to be sitting. I told my son I didn't know Matthew, but very much would like to. I asked him to describe him to me, and his little brows furrowed. But he's sitting right there, Papa. Can't you see him? I told him that his special friend was his, and that I would only see him once he described him to me. It seemed to satisfy his curious mind, and then he started describing him. And the words leaving his mouth were said all in innocence, but it made my stomach churn. To hear my toddler son describe a baby with two black holes for eyes, guts on the outside, and skin so purple it looked like he was suffocating, made me feel terrible. I could see him in his incubator right in front of me as my son used his childlike words to describe what was the most terrifying and saddening moment of my life. The black holes for eyes were new, but the rest was described with such an accuracy. It was like I was brought back to the very moment my wife and I decided to pull the plug. That evening I couldn't eat dinner, especially not after seeing my boy share half of his plate with his friend. When I talked to my wife about it, she said I was exaggerating and needed to stop projecting my remorse on Luca. We had a heated argument, and I told her I wasn't crazy in imagining things, but how could I prove to her that our son's imaginary friend was the baby that we had once had? Did we make a mistake? I asked her again. Asked her if we shouldn't have waited a little to see if he would become healthy, even though the doctors said we were making all the right decisions. Even though everything. Shouldn't we have fought harder? I spent the greatest part of the last ten years not thinking about Matthew, so hearing about him through my son's voice had me shaking to the core. It's important to know that I work from home. Well, my wife has to go to the office every day. I'm the one that spends the most time with our son, so I'm the one who gets to see everything. I get to see when he refuses to eat because I didn't make a plate for his friend. I get to see it when he screams at me not to bother him, and I find him taking wings off of flies. I get to see him when he gets into an argument with his friend as it suggests he hurts the cat. There was a lot of tail pulling in the last few weeks, so much that the cat has now learned to avoid Luca like the plague. My wife's telling me it's normal, that all kids do that, that has nothing to do with his imaginary friends. But she doesn't know what his little angel face turns into when I tell him, you can't do that. She especially hasn't seen his traits twisted in anger when I found out that he killed a frog with a rock, and I told him he couldn't take a life like that. She wasn't there when he told me that we killed Matthew. 
She wasn't there when my son grabbed his friend's little hand and told me, He's here. He's here. Repeatedly. And it only keeps getting worse every day. Every day since Matthew came back into our life, our son has been changing. Rapidly so. I want to make him go see a professional, but I can't get my wife to listen to me. It's like every time I talk about Matthew, all she wants is to shut down the conversation. But it didn't last either. One night my wife woke me up. She was screaming and the bed felt much warmer than it was supposed to be. I turned on the lights and saw Luca stabbed her in the belly with a plastic knife. You know, one of those things that we give him for his snacks. She was bleeding profusely, so we had to go to the doctor. But it was a plastic knife, so the wound wasn't that deep. She did need a few stitches. Still, it must have taken all of his might to be able to hurt her like that. And when I asked him about it, he simply replied that Matthew said she hurt him and that he was going to stab me too. This time, my wife couldn't deny what she was hearing with her own two ears. Our son's somber expression soon turned bright again, and he hugged me, saying he loved me a lot. He hugged Mel too, and said he was sorry for hurting her, but that things would be all okay soon. He promised and even held his pinky for a pinky swear. This dumbfounded us. We were at a loss of what to do. And so we started seeing professionals. And more professionals. And well, for a while, things stopped. And then came the torture again. It started with frogs, mice, and squirrels. We were at a loss. Our baby boy, who had been all but an angel for the past three years, was becoming evil. We foolishly thought we could help him. We foolishly believed that, with help, we were going to save him. And then the worst happened. We were talking about our options when we heard a few strangled cat screams coming from outside the house. We got there too late, but the sight that was given to us was nothing short of terrifying. Our four-year-old was standing on the grass, our cat's dead body between his hands. There were about ten plastic knives lodged into the cat, and our baby's face and arms were all cut up by the cat's claws, and yet he stood there, smiling. He was covered in blood and he started laughing when we looked at him. His little fingers grabbed one of the plastic knives and pulled it out only for his nails to dig in the hole and tear. The sound it made when he tore it open, well, it still gives me nightmares to this day. But not as much as his cheery, angelic features stained in blood while he laughed maniacally. My wife rushed to him, but I was frozen on the spot. She shoved the cat away and cried and just cried as our son told her we couldn't love something more than him and Matthew. 
that we shouldn't have replaced him because now he was angry. Mel hold him tight. Probably out of shock, but she managed to lift herself and her son off the ground before walking toward our home, whispering that they needed to take a bath. I was left to take care of the cat, but with his body in that state, I couldn't just bring him to the vet and have him disposed of. He ended up being buried in the backyard, and, well, I still feel real terrible about it. When I came back inside, she was giving Luca a bath, and he was acting like nothing had happened. He even cried when she rubbed alcohol on the cat's scratches, and when we put him to bed that night, I confronted her. She was as pale as a ghost, dark circles underneath her eyes. She looked like she aged five years in one day. She knew what we had to do, but she didn't want to accept it. She whimpered to me that she had abandoned one already and didn't want to give up on a second child, that she would die. I held her and tried to tell her that we had no other choice, that we needed to find him the help he needed, no matter what, no matter what the cost, even if that meant he couldn't live in our home anymore. I tried to tell her about the danger. I reminded her of how she had been stabbed. And that if he could do that to our cat, what would stop him to do it to other children? I cited psychology books at her, but she ended up crying herself to sleep and unable to give me an answer. I couldn't sleep that night. I watched as my son got inside the room with a bunch of plastic knives. But when he saw I was sitting in bed and looking straight at him, he stopped. Go back to bed, Luca. He told me, we don't want to. And I asked him, who's we? And if he talked about Matthew, my son smiled and replied, he lives inside me now. I wanted to leave. I stood up, took the plastic knives from his little hands, and kissed his tiny fingers as I cried. I brought him back to his bedroom and locked him in it. As soon as the sun was up, I picked our son from his room. He was still asleep as I carried him to our car and then to the institution. I couldn't have him interned without my wife's signature, and when I called her, she screamed at me for even trying. We made a scene at the hospital and she decided to bring him back home. I was devastated. So I left. We filed for divorce a couple of weeks later, and then I got a call to come pick up my son, as my wife might not survive the night. When I got to the hospital, he gave me that sweet smile only a three-year-old can give you. I brought him right to my car and brought him straight to the institution. I've never went back. I don't know if they'll ever release him or not. I simply pay the bill they send me every month. So as long as they keep him there, away from me.